0: This is uh, This is Joe Cole.
1: This is Ruben off the cheek, and you're listening to the London, London is Blue, Blue podcast.
0: podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Blue Royalty, a London is Blue show dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. Chelsea continue their winning streak with a 3-1 victory over Aston Villa as Lauren James stars and Emma Hayes watches on from the stands. Great to see Emma back at Kings Meadow watching the team, even if she's not back on the bench yet. But to break down everything that happened over the weekend at King's Meadow, I am joined as always by Abdullah, Abdullah, Abdullah. How are you? I said your name three times there. <laughs> by going <laughs> you know what? Abdullah, Abdullah. Some... <laughs> There was a full stop there. I just didn't breathe for it.
2: He... It's okay. In some quarters of my life, I have been called that because my initials are AAA. So, you know what? We can roll with it. It's all good. What's the middle A? uh abdullah arshad abdullah so it's 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 we've oh. got the three a's but we stick with the abdullah abdullah just for the icebreaker but you know what it's still a triple a i was called a2 a squared a cube back in school so really it's it, it's been all over the shop a oh, cube
0: whoop. that would be your name if you're a rapper
2: yeah you go a cube what's up what's going on <laughs> yeah we're <laughs> all good here after after yep. a nice uh, nice swim but i think there's a lot to talk about in in this uh in the in this episode
0: and as well as Abdullah, we are joined, our uh, first appearance of the season, I-, I believe, but a familiar voice for, for regular Blue Royalty London is Blue listeners, it's Mia Eriksson.
1: Hello, from Sweden. I'm good. I just felt that today I'm going to, you know, s- stick in Sweden from okay. time to time.
0: Yeah, we're getting a big, <laughs> Is we're going to have a Swedish themed episode get your meatballs at the ready your lingonberries is that a thing? Do you have some Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. yeah, we have. There that. we go. Um, that's that's the extent of my Swedish food knowledge. Um we've got lots talked about today as Mia's hinted at. She's going to be doing some st- defense of Swedish honor, as we maybe chat about Magda Eriksson uh, and her role at left back and what that's looking like in the team. We're also going to talk about Lauren James, who had an absolutely amazing, amazing game yesterday. So just a really exciting time for her. And then over in Abdullah's analytics corner, Abdullah, what are you going to be talking to us about today?
2: I'm going to talk to us a little bit about our, uh, our French signing, Yves Perry, saying kind of her role uh, yesterday and, and kind of what that meant for the team and what it could mean going forward.
0: All right, so a bit of a fullback theme today, I think. But that's cool. That's exciting. We love our fullbacks. We didn't used to have them, so that's why we've got to talk about them now. <laughs> let
1: let first... me just let let me just say that Sweden beat France, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. I just okay,
0: well. yeah. right? All right. All right. <laughs> this is the Sweden theme. <laughs> we don't have anyone French here to defend yeah. French honor, so <laughs> that's going to be a tough one. Um, but firstly, as always, we got to go in with our three word match. Review very Lauren James themed this week, so I'm just going to pick up a couple from Twitter. We had Damian Marshall saying just James things. Andrew mcdougall saying James means bid bidness. I think that's business said in a cool way. Bidness and Ishan saying Lauren James season. Abdullah, I will come to you first. What are you going with your three word match review? Are you sticking with the Lauren James theme? are you moving away what are we saying
2: i yeah you know what it's 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 one that I've been right because there's just so much lauren james in there. i'm like i i don't know what to do should i go with the flow should i go against the grain um i, I think i think i just want to say uh free roll harder because i think free roll harder is is the best harder that that we have and obviously, we've been seeing that last couple of games, and I, and I love the link up between James and Hardy kind of interchanging. So for me, it's it's free roll Harder. That's 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 the one.
0: I know you're just saying that to impress Mia because she loves that as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't you pander to the to the guests, right? You gotta impress them somehow, right? Go, go, Absolutely, go no.
0: I I fully back you on on doing that. Mine's gonna be I don't know, like some kind of Babble reference or something, <laughs> but Mia. <laughs> Mia, what are you going with? as your three-word match review?
1: Yeah, he stole mine. No.
0: He
1: didn't. <laughs> uh, actually I'm I'm gonna stick with the with the Lauren James theme because I was like, okay, Lauren James Sunday. That I like that's that.
0: like weekday. I think yes.
2: I, like. I can
0: get on board with that being a, a regular thing. Um I'm gonna go with a Lauren James one as well. I'm gonna go with James shooting hoops because I just nice. loved her little basketball celebration with Samka. I thought that was very, very, very cute. Um, and it's really nice to see them having like a growing relationship. I think something that's been really cool to see is how integrated Lauren James obviously is is within this team. But we are talking about if you didn't know already. The 3-1 win for Chelsea over Aston Villa that took place on the 30th of October in the WSL at King's Meadow, two goals from Lauren James in the 22nd and 47th minute and a Sam Kerr adding a third in the 63rd. Rachel Daly did equalize in the 38th minute, but it was no problem for Chelsea in the end. Abdullah, do you want to talk us through through the lineup? I think it was a, a fairly standard one really by Chelsea standards?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, the lineup here shows a 4 4 2, but you know, it could it could have been, been anything from 4 3 3 to 4 4 2. So we got Anne Katrin Berger in goal, as always. Back four of Yves Perisay, Millie Bright, Kadisha Buchanan, and Mia Ericsson. Uh, Mia, oh my God, Mia. Yes. <laughs>
0: wow, we would really <laughs> oh, maybe need to
2: be talking about Chelsea's fullback
0: choices oh if we God, played Mia Ericsson. Unless, I, Mia, I... you are a very good fullback. I don't want to offend you.
1: Uh... I I don't think so. <laughs> oh, this, God. But but this is going to make it much easier for me to defend the yeah. Magda in
0: honour Yeah, of now. course, you're playing a <laughs> yeah. left back. Oh, yeah, we're God. making it out like a Swedish thing, but it's not. This is an Eriksson It's an Eriksson thing.
2: Okay. Magda Eriksson, I go back to that. Um, Lauren Jane, Sophie Ingle, Aaron Casper and Gur right and across the middle. And then Samka and Penelahara up front. And we had uh, Beth England, Jesse Fleming, uh, Johanna Ritten-Kanarid, Neve Charles, and Jess Carter all make an appearance from the bench.
0: Yeah, so no Maren Elder in the squad. I think she's got a hamstring issue, is what Norway said. Not that Chelsea ever talk about these things. Still no sign of Krankovic. And Frank Kirby disappeared as soon as she reappeared. So the England squad's due out tomorrow. Um, which is probably today by the time you're listening to this. So we'll see if she's fit enough to be selected for that at least. Um, in terms of stats, pretty dominant performance from Chelsea. 21 shots to Aston Villa's 8, 7 on target to Aston Villa's 3, 65% possession... pass accuracy, nine fouls for Chelsea, nine for Villa. This was quite a feisty game, which I did enjoy, I've got to be honest, especially Magda versus Alicia Lehman. But again, we can talk about that a bit more getting into it. And the XG from Opta, Chelsea 1.7 and Aston Villa 0.6. So all in all, I think a pretty fair result for Chelsea. I think they deserve to get the win, but we are going to take a quick ad break. And when we come back, we'll get it, into it all in a bit more detail so thanks to the sponsors for supporting the show all right as you know we're going to keep going on about this but we have our own feed now blue royalty you can go and find us you can subscribe you can rate you can listen there um it's just allowing us to put out even more content do more exciting things so if you're still listening to us on the london is blue feed Go across and find us at Blue Royalty. The other thing is that also at the moment, some of our episodes are coming out a bit earlier than there because we can obviously post whenever, whereas otherwise we've got to fit in with the guy's schedule. And that's exactly why we're, we're moving over. So make sure you are listening there, telling your friends about it, all that good stuff. But back to the game. Let's kick off with the the positive bit. Not that we're going to get negative, but before we get into maybe some of this Magda Ericson chat, let's, let's start by talking about Lauren James. Uh, I don't know, we've seen Lauren have very impressive performances all season, I would say. But this game here really felt kind of like the cherry on top, right?
2: Yeah, uh, it, it was just, it's it to me felt like the combination of all the good and decent performances that she's been having through the season. And suddenly she just kind of let fly and, you know, kind of almost established herself as, yeah, this right wing position or whatever, this third attacking position is mine. And, you know, someone's going to have to play really well to take it off me, right? And in that case, it's probably Frank Kirby who has to come back and try and win that spot back. Um, it's just, you know, yesterday was just almost like every time she got the ball, you're almost like, like, it's going to be very difficult to take it off her. I mean, I remember that one moment in 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 the first half where, uh, you know, she gets the ball, you know, just outside the Villa box, drives forward. The fullback, I think it was Pacheco, tried Pacheco, tried to check her and, Lauren James was like, no, and just kind of let her bounce off. And then she kind of went through and drove in across. And I mean, just that, I think that sequence um, for me epitomized uh, Lauren James and kind of what she's about because she, the ball stuck to her foot. She was able to drive through and she's got this really deceptive pace. She's deceptively mobile, you know, as what I've seen. You've got this, this, this combination of like power and pace put together and her playing in this like right wing position. And sometimes you think you know, doesn't, you know, does she, is she, is she suited there in this wider position? You know, she's coming inside and she, she, you know, maybe she looks like a number 10, but obviously Chelsea sometimes play with a 10, sometimes they don't, it's kind of all mixed up, but just, I think, you know, with, with, with James, it's just, it just seems like, you know, if, if this is how good James is now, I mean, there is a huge ceiling for her to reach and and for me, uh, I, I love the movement on, on on the second and the second and third goal, and just kind of the the intelligence to get into those positions and 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 kind of finish the game off from there.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing, Mia. Really, isn't it that, that these were only her second and third goals for for Chelsea? But the way she was finishing them was—you would think she was scoring kind of week in, week out. Not that she'd been there for for over a season and is only on number two and three. That confidence is something that she just absolutely exudes, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and also her attitude. Like, I was thinking about it so many times. If she lost the ball and she, she was kind of deep down the pitch, she actually just went up and, you know, her eyes just <laughs> went for, for the Villa player to chase them down. Uh, I mean, al- almost deep down in, in, I think he was in Chelsea's own box a couple of times uh, as well. And I mean like Abdullah you have already praised her going forward and how she thrives but I I must say I was most impressed by you know just the attitude and the, her whole appearance uh, on the pitch uh, both defensively on and off the ball and with the ball and you know like okay it looked like, it looked so easy when she scored so it's almost like ridiculous but who who am I to complain about that <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, this, the numbers really back her up, like we tweeted um, after the game that, you know, seven recoveries, six out of seven jewels won, and if you go and look at her on FB Ref where they do the thing where you can see what percentile she's in, even though her actual attacking numbers are still quite low, you know, she doesn't have the most amazing XG or goals or expected assists, things like that, but everything she really excels in is all those defensive categories, and You know, I do think there's an element where she's got such a languid style. You kind of look at her and you think this isn't a player who's going to put the work in necessarily. But Mia's right. If she loses the ball, she is like, it's like a bloodhound. She's like, right, I've like, I've, it feels like she's like, I've let the team down because I've done something I'm not supposed to do. So I need to fix this. I need to make it right. And I think to have that sense of responsibility in a player who is still so young, is something that's really exciting and also like, it's the most Emma Hayes coached player thing ever, too. Like that's and I think maybe that's one of the big levels up that she's maybe taken, but also maybe has impacts of Casey Stoney too, because you know, obviously coaching her for, for three three seasons or so there. But um Abdullah, let's talk about the first goal because I feel like Chelsea started the game fine. But it was only really, actually, I thought, as James started to get onto the ball, that we really were actually making things happen. And this first goal, she just kind of ghosts into the penalty area, doesn't she? I don't know. It's like the Aston Villa players just lose track of her.
2: Yeah, you're right because it was it was it was it, I think it came in a moment where Chelsea were were a little bit out of it. They were they were trying to get their feet together, get the ball into, into midfield and kind of, you know, almost kind of what we were talking about last week, the whole progressing the ball properly into midfield into attack and you know, trying to get some sort of rhythm and I think I think before that Aston Villa were doing okay. They weren't doing great, but they were doing pretty decent, right? And I think I thought Chelsea were a little bit slow as well at, at times, but I think when the first goal came, and this is kind of what I referenced a little bit earlier, I felt like James's positioning and her deceptive mobility, I think, counts, you know, for her because because she's she doesn't look the quickest. Teams kind of maybe step one two yards away because they're like we can make up the ground, we can cover it, right? But in this case, you know that 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 pass that comes in from the back and goes into Ingle. I mean, I know that Sophie Ingle puts in a leg out and it goes to go right and out wide that cross almost seemed hopeful but the but the almost the pace of James that kind of you know ghost in from the right take that extra step and then accelerate as she gets the ball because you could see the the defender that was that was about to go for the ball she kind of is, is caught in two minds right she's about to step forward she step back she, she defended she block it in the end she was caught in no man's land and, and James scored and I think that goal kind of settled the nerves I think um you know, for Chelsea and it kind of gave them finally that, okay, that that early golden first half, we can now take a little bit of time to kind of really get ourselves set. And now it's, a you know, and I think to some extent, I think Chelsea are still one of those teams where I think to some extent they're better when teams are trying to come on to them because they can counter and they they can play on the counter. And with Villa having to then take the initiative and come forward, it was one of those things where, okay, Chelsea were like, all right, we can play a little bit of our game now. We can control the ball when we need to, but if Villa do commit more people forward... You know we have the opportunity to kind of push forward on the break, and we've got three, four, five, six speedy players to be able to go and uh, go, uh, go and do that.
0: Yeah, and, and obviously Mia, we did then get pegged back, but it was James again when we came out at the start of the second half. Um, I thought this was a really good team goal actually, this second one. Although James's finish is is kind of the highlight, but the step out from defence from Kadisha Buchanan was great to see. Then it's a fantastic run from Penila just a perfectly weighted pass for Lauren James. And then she absolutely smashes the ball like, like she had like a bionic leg is what I'm going to compare it to. (laughs) Just in terms of, again, classic Lauren James made it look so effortless, but there was no way the keeper was getting anywhere, anywhere near that. But what did you make of that kind of back to front link up? And, and especially Buchanan's involvement, right? Because she's not had the best start to her life at Chelsea, but, that kind of skill and that kind of um poise on the ball is, is exactly what we were looking for from her, right?
1: Yeah, and I actually tweeted that when I saw that pass from her, I thought that when I think back to it, I do think that she is one of the players that have been had the courage to to make those kind of passes that break the line centrally. Uh and because often when I mean, we've discussed this before, about when Penilla Harder is waving for the ball, it goes wide or someone turns and passes it back. But this was like, okay, just straight in between the lines and and into the space where Penilla Harder is at her best. Um, and when she gets the ball at her feet, she can run fast. And you, I mean, you could sense that from, from the moment that the ball left Kadisha's feet... You, you can actually sense that. Okay, this is, this is gonna be a goal, <laughs> even though Penila Harder was came second in, and then okay, yeah, she's gonna score. Uh, and okay, you said that that uh, maybe Lauren James uh, hasn't got the highest H G G or like we don't expect her to assist that much. But the fact is that you have a player like that that can execute when she gets the chance. That's like, yeah worth so much I think especially for a team like Chelsea
0: yeah just incredible finishing ability which I think she showed for for both goals but then for the third goal I've kind of given her um, two assists which I know is not the rule but firstly the cross she puts in for Sam Kerr's original header I don't know how Sam Kerr isn't scoring that because it's it's perfect. But then I had someone who messaged me who'd only watched, watched the highlights is like, oh, what's Aston Villa's defense doing? Because they didn't clip like that bit together. I'm like, oh, no, like Lauren James already created the chance. And then the ball comes back to her. And Abdullah, she just plays it really perfectly back into Sam again. I thought this was a really like selfless goal because if she, if she could have taken the shot and I wouldn't have been mad, you know?
2: Yeah, for sure, I agree, and I think I think I thought I thought it just showed the other side of Lauren James, where she's just not a goal scorer, but she's also a creator. And uh, you know, for for Chelsea to have somebody, I think that's a running theme in Chelsea's attacking midfield kind of range of players, right? They're all players who are able to score goals, but they're also able to create and kind of do that. And it kind of references to what you were saying before, right? That 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 bond that's created between Sam Kerr and Lauren James, and that could be a fruitful partnership going forward. And I think the fact that, you know, Lauren could have easily driven forward the way she was playing and kind of taken a shot on herself, like you said, but I think to be able to spot the run and spot the the, the line of the pass, I think was um, super intelligent. And I, I think, you know, for me, it was, it was in that, again, in that time where Chelsea, they don't struggle just outside the box sometimes, but I feel like it's one of those areas where, you know, Chelsea, like, sometimes need to... Uh, need to work a little bit harder in order to get um, you know to you know create chances from there but I I thought in this case it was just her um, her ability to to spot the pass thread the needle and then obviously Sans finish was was pretty decent as well so yeah I I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed the goal as, as as much as anybody else
0: yeah I just think this whole game was a really well-executed WSL game from Chelsea, you know, aside from conceding, which obviously isn't ideal, but to go and score a first goal fairly early on, you concede, but you come out in the second half, you get the second, and then about 15 minutes later, you get the third and you close up shop. And... For me, that's just like all I want from our WSL matches, to be totally honest. Um, But some nice quotes from James in Flo Lloyd-Hughes' piece on The Athletic about her. Go and have a read of that if you you haven't yet. But um, I'm finding my feet again after the injuries. I'm starting to find rhythm in the flow of things. I'm just enjoying my football and playing with a smile. And I do think she's a a player who always looks like she's really enjoying herself. But if this is her just starting to find her rhythm... Yeah, this is very exciting. Um, And Carla Ward saying something similar. uh, I got that team sheet and I put it in front of me and I laughed. I literally laughed and I thought, wow. Usually you come and watch Chelsea if you're not playing against them and you enjoy watching them. They've got so much quality and fluidity in that final third with the four or the five rotating. They've got so much quality in Lauren James. She's unplayable at times. It's a tough one, but we've lost against a team that will probably go on to win the league. So thanks, Carla. Uh, backing us, <laughs> backing us in the title race. You can come again to the King's Meadow. Um, so yeah, that that was like all of the the good Chelsea vibes. But there is maybe one little thing, if there is something to talk about from this game, and that is this kind of continued role for Magda Eriksson at left back. Right. Um, for me, it feels clear and i did say this on twitter that the problem chelsea have is that they want to play a back four and they want to play three center backs at the same time and those two things don't go together now there's a couple of questions here which i think we need to talk through and some of this stuff we've kind of touched on before but it's like i think the main one for me is is this something that can work in the long term is this something that's even an issue because I do feel like sometimes it's easy to kind of pick up on something and then notice every little thing. Um, but, you know, and is there is there an obvious solution? So I guess for me, from, from my perspective, I felt like Ericsson in this game was middling to fine. I thought she struggled at points with Alicia Lehman, and I feel like Alicia Lehmann is not the quality of player that I want to see my left back struggle with. But I, as I've said before, I think she's also had good games in this role. So I feel like, Abdullah, I, I'm going to come to you first and then we'll get Mia's perspective because I think this will be an interesting one for Mia as well. But uh, what, did, what did you make of, of Magda? Like, is this an issue?
2: I think in the long run, it will be. I mean, okay, I'll put it this way. I think for me, Magda playing at left back is one of those situations where if you've got an injury... I know I know that Chelsea don't have a natural left back at this point, but bear with me. Magda at left back to me seems like a, a move you make in one of two situations. Either your main first choice left back is injured or is being rotated and rested and you're moving Magda out there for a game. And again, that game can depend on who they're playing against. But let's say it's this Villa type of game. Sure, one every other game doesn't hurt, right? Cuz you you're playing for rotation or you're playing her as a as a as a purely defensive left back in a tactical high profile game where the 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 tactical situation calls for her to be playing at a left back or in the in the sense where you know that you're shifting your attacking tendencies down to the right-hand side, you're pushing a your right back up so then Magda can come in as like a third center back, everybody kind of shifts across, right? To me, that's where you play it because if you're gonna play Magda Eriksson as your main left back, I think you you lose probably two or three things, and I think one of the things is what what I talked about last week is, I think you lose out a lot on progression, and not even just progression into midfield, but I think a lot of the times because Magda brought two things to to the team when she's playing at left center back, right? She she brings. Excellent passing into the game, so she's able to to kind of play some decent diagonals from the back, even though that's Millie's main job, but she can do it as well from the left left hand side going into the right. And the other big thing for me was Magda's ability to be able to step up into the left half, left defensive half space, bypass a couple of bit of the high press, freeing the midfielders to push forward and then allowing the entire team to take one or two steps forward and you play passes out from there, whether it's into midfield or into the winger or or you know the attacking midfielder. And I feel like. Her playing at left back, she gets so isolated that there's a higher chance of her being isolated in 1v1 positions, right? Especially uh, when you're building up from the back. Any competent team with a high press will do it. We saw it against West Ham. The amount of times where she was almost backed into a corner, she just had to boot it out. Whether it goes out of play for a throw-in... Or just ends up somewhere in in the opposition's you know defensive third. And then, and then Chelsea sometimes lose it, sometimes win it. They have to reset. So I feel like you lose rhythm by pushing Magda. And she looks kind of uncomfortable there. She's not mobile enough, right, to be able to play this, this really... Even from a defensive situation, she's great at positioning. But any player with a little bit of pace, in this case, Alicia Lehman is not the quickest, but she's got some pace. And she was able to cause Magda a few issues. And I think... In turn, it then puts more pressure on the interior center back that's next to it. In this, you know, in this case, Peter Buchanan. And then suddenly, Chelsea can get overrun both from a wide area and in the middle. And I think in the case of that goal that 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 Villa scored, Lehman and Magda were on one on one. Lehman comes back, plays the ball back. I don't remember who that number two was, but that player drives past Magda, puts in a cross, and then suddenly, you know, Villa have a goal. So for me, tactically, it doesn't make any sense because you're coming up against any decent winger, it becomes a problem for Magda Eriksson, not from, not from anything other than her positioning is all off because she needs maybe an extra second or two to position herself and read the game. And that's what she can do. But if you're playing constantly as a fullback, you just need to be quick and you need to be at it. And I don't think Magda's there uh, as a left back.
0: Mia, what, what do you make of all of this? Because I feel like something that does get missed from this conversation is this isn't like an out of the blue thing for Magda Eriksson, right? Like she has played this role before, you know, for we saw her do it for Sweden at the Euros. But I think most people would agree she's better as a, as a centre-back. But is it the case that do you think she can still perform as like an elite level fullback?
1: This is very interesting, because I actually remembered she, she did a podcast like um, a couple of months after the World Cup, because during the World Cup in France, 2019, she played she just played left back for Sweden. She's, she's, she spoke about this then. So and I actually I, I thought about this the other day, what she said back then, because then she said that her coach in Sweden, Petty Arajan and she and her they had come to an agreement that she she could play left back if she could play left back on her abilities like she would never be a left back that ran up the pitch and down and then up the pitch and down again obviously she talked about the fact that she trained differently ahead of the world cup because of the fact that you needed to have the ability to to run up the pitch when needed but she was never going to be that Left back, like if we compare her to Jonna Andersson in Sweden. So so that's one thing. And I feel like maybe that's <laughs> there are so many things I want to say about this, I feel, because there are so many things to take into perspective. Is this the way to just have Magda on the pitch because she is important in some way, but because this position, I don't think Chelsea get the best out of her abilities because last season she was the the most important uh, defender when in, in Chelsea's build-up play. So I can't see like, or is is it just the fact that she's the only left-footed, like natural left-footed uh in, in that backline? I don't know. Uh or is it is she not gonna extend with Chelsea? So that this is why you, you play Bright and Buchanan to like get them <laughs> in in like yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's just weird because Magda she, she played. I think it was the F, was it the FA Cup game. She played uh, as a left left back uh, against Man City too. So it's like you say that this is not. It's not her first time doing it, but it's it's a new backline. And Chelsea, if I'm gonna say what I think now, Chelsea has never been like the most stable team defending because they press high up, they win the ball high up, and then you don't have to like worry about uh, about the backline. So it, I, I think this is a hard one. But what I do think that because I checked today uh, that Magda is less on the ball than she ever has been for Chelsea, like on average per ninety minutes. And and I don't I, I can't see why you want your want want a defender with Magda's abilities in carrying the ball and passing the ball, long and short, progressive passing. Like why why do you want to have her less on the ball?
0: Yeah, and I think something that's maybe surprised me the most about how this system has played out is that we know Chelsea can play quite fluid defensive systems in that you know, sometimes they'll be playing a back three, but it might look like a back four or kind of vice versa. But what's strange about this is you'd think this setup would be the most logical version of doing that. So Magda's your nominal left back, in inverted commas, but really everything's going to rotate round and you're going to see Guru Wright in, in, in that slightly deeper left wing back position that she played last year. And then when Chelsea have the ball, maybe everything will go back again. But the more I watch these four, this defensive line, these four players play together, the m- more fixed it seems to be. You know, Magda offers a, occupies a very obvious, defensive space. She's not kind of coming centrally when an opposition team has the ball and getting, say, right in to cover her because, I think, the you know we've talked about it, but I think the reason for the back four is to allow someone like Harder to have that number 10 position to free up that position higher up the pitch in a more central area and I think that looks really good and I think that's a a sensible decision but I feel like you could incorporate Ericsson better into this role if you're willing to be more flexible with how that defense moved around right Abdullah
2: yeah, I think so. I, I think I think if you're gonna play if you're gonna play Magda as the left back, then you're gonna need basically the team to constantly be shifting into a either you need to be shifting into a constant back three, or you're in a position where you're moving Magda a bit more centrally, I think. Because then at least then you're getting the the best of her positional abilities. Uh in, you know, her in a stronger place where she's more comfortable, more central. And kind of what we were doing in preseason and early in the season right where there was that constant shift between the back three and the back four and you know the whole thing Emma Hayes was saying was that the formations are a state of mind and it's not really a formation of a three or a four at the back it was just kind of whatever right and I think if you're doing that on a constant basis where at least if that back three back four shifting with mag the left back left center back um I think it works in that situation right um but I think if it, if you're going to do that, you're going to need, obviously, your right and is going to have to play that left wing back, left back role, you know, whenever she does kind of move inside. I think. But I think overall, I think if you want to make and become top three, top four best teams in the world, I, I do think ultimately you're going to need a more natural fullback who can play on that side and can kind of give you the, the traits of what, uh, you know a fullback can give you i mean just look at the impact i know we're talking about magda and left back but look at the impact that Eve paris has given us on the right hand side right i mean that getting it a natural maybe not a spectacular fullback but a fullback that is natural there has experience and can play well has already given chelsea so much balance on that right hand side she's been able to come in go out but you can feel and kind of see her as this uh as this as natural right-sided uh, fullback. And I think with Magda, it's very much of, it's it's more than a left-back that has center-back qualities. I feel like Magda is just, you know, um, a, a center-back just being thrown out on the left and trying to play like a center-back at left-back, which I don't think works. And again, like like you said, like this system needs to be more flexible in terms of trying to get the best out of the left side whilst, you know, whilst still having Magda as the left-back. That's where I think ultimately where it comes down to if you really want to make it work. And does that mean playing, telling Guru you're going to need to play as a pure left wing back the entire time rather than a left winger? Maybe, but then is that taking away from right Reiton? So there's, there's a lot of question marks and it doesn't just affect the defense. I think it affects the team further forward as well.
0: Yeah, I think the thing that I find most surprising though about it all is that my most of my problems with Magda at left back have almost nothing to do with her attacking abilities. I mean, she's not doing much attacking, but the problem is is that she doesn't seem very good defending either when she's in that position. And I think maybe that's also something where we have a bit of a... We can have a bit of a misunderstanding around how different centre-backs play as kind of like 1v1 defenders versus players who kind of read space and look to influence the game in that way and in that positioning rather than specifically just going in and tackling like an attacker or a winger running at them. Um, You know, like, for example, Magda only won two out of her six ground drills in the game, which to me isn't great. But I think also speaks to like the different requirements that defending has if you are a fullback compared to if you are a centre back. And that's something that doesn't automatically switch over just because we put a centre back on that side. Um, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens next. I feel like Chelsea seem very keen on this defense, but we've seen them be keen on certain tactical things before and then you blink and they're gone. Um, And then it might be something totally different, uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens next.
2: I want to raise one quick point. I'm going to ask both of you just very quickly that came to my mind. Obviously, we've seen that Frank Kirby's been out, Kankovic has been out. They barely played either of them, you know, in the team properly and, and, and kind of integrated in. Do you think, and especially in the case of Kankovic, uh, and 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 Jesse, I'll quickly start with you. Do you think when Kankovic comes in and let's say she's paired up with uh, Aaron Cuthbert, do you think that changes the way Chelsea plays out from the back and maybe the dynamics of how they do things, considering that they have a bit more of a, creative deep line controller maybe that maybe that changes the way magda plays this left back role I, I, in a way rather than uh you know maybe that's what they're waiting for It's my question
0: yeah potentially but i guess it comes back to the thing of like my concern isn't so much magda's role in build-up play aside from what mia kind of touched on in that you're just maybe wasting that element of her game but i'm not like oh chelsea if with magda at left back can't build up the ball well. I think we've seen kind of the attacking spirit click into gear over the past couple of games. It is that more defensive stuff. Now, I guess the only thing that maybe makes a difference is maybe if you feel like you've got more creative players in the midfield, you are happier to, say, ask Guru Wrighton to drop more or you know, even consider... But this is the problem, it's just so many players, right? Because I'm like, well, you could maybe even play Neve Charles in Guru's spot, who's potentially even more defensively minded than Guru Wright, but then you're not playing Guru Wright, which would be crazy. So <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem. All of these things have big knock-on effects, and I think what we're seeing, from my perspective, what we're seeing with Magda is the fact that Chelsea believe that the most important thing is that Magda's on the pitch because she's the captain and because she's a leader within that team and I, I don't know Mia what what you think whether you know the inclusion of someone like Kankovic would would make a difference
1: yeah i've already told you i think that jelena Chankovic is uh if she can can get the right development in chelsea which which i'm sure she will have she will be a better footballer uh, than g was in chelsea so but In terms of what that means for for Magda as a left back, yeah, I'm not sure. To me right now, it actually kind of feels that you've signed a great centre-back like Kadisha Buchanan and you can't put her on the bench. You can't put Millie Bright on the bench and you can't put Magda on the bench because maybe as a centre-back, Magda doesn't deserve to be on the bench. But as a left back, looking at, I mean... The PSG game, Uh, that was a scrappy game (laughs) from Chelsea. And yeah, this was Aston Aston Villa. It's not Real Madrid. (laughs) And actually, this is going to be a tough test going up to Manchester already on Sunday. So I think to me, it's like, okay, I'm going to have to try and squeeze all these players in now again. Just... turn it around and see what happens if they can with all their abilities make magic happen and yeah yeah i i'm not sure what to say but i but as a center back i don't think that magda is is i don't think think she's deserved and she deserves to be on the bench because her abilities as a center back she has abilities with ball carrying that that is a lot better than, than Millie Bright and Karicia Buchanan. But if you're not going to use her for that, then why take the risk of conceding goals? Because Chelsea have been conceding goals in practically every game so far.
0: Yeah, um, well we are going to take another quick break and when we come back we're going to head over to Abdullah's analytics corner and talk about our other fallback in a way that maybe will shine a bit more light on this Magda Eriksson situation as well, so we will be right back. Alright Abdullah, take it away.
2: And we're back, episode two. <laughs> the analytics corner you can't
0: uh, name. this will be too confusing okay, if we've got fine. one episode number and then your analytics corner
2: so. <laughs> I just wanted to call it the second one anyway ignoring that um so today I wanted to talk about Yves say and 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 kind of just quickly touch upon kind of her role yesterday and kind of what that meant for the overall team and what that could mean going forward um one of the things I think we all noticed yesterday was that Lee Parise was playing in a much higher position at, at right back, almost playing as his right wing back. Uh, you know, at, at you know for the very most part, and a lot of the times in that first half and going into the second half, we saw Sophie Ingle and, and and Aaron Cuthbert kind of drop in to become auxiliary right backs when when. Uh, if Harris was going was forward. And and what was most interesting for me was is a lot of this, a lot of this higher positioning wasn't just in the final third when when Chelsea were in the middle or or uh, going to the end. It was during build-up, which for me was very, very interesting, which to me also meant, okay, they want to get another player into that middle and final third. Um, and obviously the best way to do this is get get our right back up there. But you know, what did that mean for for the rest of the team? And I think What that was doing was, all right, if you can drop one midfielder into right back and you move your right back into almost a right wing back right winger role, it kind of allowed Hada and James to kind of tuck inside and create a bit more central, uh, a central focus and get them on the ball more. Because I think we can all safely say that both of those players want to be more central. They want to control the game. They want to be on the ball. They want to receive. They want to turn and they want to drive. And I think by if you if if Paris Saint played as a regular right back and we had the team as it was, and you move the right winger into a central position, you kind of then have this vacant space on the right hand side that Eve Pert would then have to really bust the gut to get into that right back, you know right wing space and kind of overlap. and then suddenly you're you're kind of outnumbered at the back, right? So I think, the reason for this was kind of two things. One, to allow Lauren James and Penela Harder to kind of come inside and kind of dictate play from there. And I think a lot of the play that happened was from the right half space, where James kind of came into that spot. Penilla Harder roamed there, and if you remember the Buchanan pass into Harder was them running into the right hand side. Harder passes it into James next to her, and then she shoots. Um, you know, the uh, the movement from from James for the for the first goal was coming from the right to the left into the central area. And what I also found was that in, in, in also in build-up, when Paris did get the ball in midfield, suddenly Villa had to get a mat, get a player over because there's suddenly there's an extra player out on that right-hand side. Suddenly Chelsea have like a 3v2, uh, even a 3v3, a positive 3v3 uh, at times. So it felt like a really good change from Chelsea for, uh, that we haven't seen in a while and, it was, and it was a way to kind of allow James and Penny Harder to become a bit more free and you know, if, if they can perfect this while still being able to 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 protect the the right sided area, then I think it's good. And also, it's the contrast between your right back and your left back, right? When your left back isn't one that's going to attack much, and you know we do, we touched upon this just now. Magda isn't one to attack, and we don't want to attack because that's not her role. You're gonna need your right back to do a lot more of the pushing forward and kind of creating that 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 pendulum over there, that balance. So. I think, I think this, this role for Perisset kind of did two, three things, but I'd be interested to know what, what both of you felt about it.
0: Yeah, Mia, what, what have you kind of made of, of Perisset and her time at, at Chelsea so far and maybe how we're seeing her develop as a player? Because I think that's what's kind of interesting with what Adela's highlighting, right? That we're seeing this gradual growth into maybe the role that we're expecting her to play in the team long term.
1: Yeah the first thing that comes to my mind is that I think she looks really cool and chilled out on the pitch and I like that because we talk about we talk about it so often that player players need to adapt to the pace in the WSL and and stuff like that and you know I'm I'm Swedish so right? I get to say that but yeah, you know it's it's like she really just melts in like perfectly uh, and I, I I don't think you can see in her face that she gets stressed uh anytime because she she can defend, she can intercept the ball, and she's there where where she's needed to be. That's my you no know, like impression of her. That that she she's yeah, hey, I've been playing in, in France, now I play in England, and this is me. So I really like her. I hope she will get to play a lot because that's the kind of player I think that Chelsea will need, uh, especially in the Champions League.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's also interesting when you're thinking about how players adjust that maybe someone like Perissa is someone who's taken a lot of responsibility in her teams in the past. Whereas a player like Buchanan, not that she doesn't take responsibility, but when you've maybe been surrounded by lots of good players... That's that's where the adjustment comes in. That you're not there, maybe doing the kind of individual or the individual work you have to do changes. Whereas I feel like what's been really impressive about her, say, is it's kind of like what you said, Mia. It just feels like she's like, okay, this is my job, and I get on with it, and <laughs> I look very like nonchalant as I do it, like no emotion passes over my face. Um, I think the one thing I would like to see. More from her is kind of crosses into the box and maybe a bit more different attacking play. I feel like her and Canarid have been slowly building a partnership. I think in the Brighton game, we saw that develop a lot more. That's obviously, you know, two new players that's something that's going to come over time. It can't be easy for Paris, given how much Chelsea like to both rotate from game to game their attack and even within the game, kind of rotate everyone around. That's a lot for a fullback to, you know, build relationships with a lot of different players. Um, But yeah, I think it's been a, a really positive start. And I think it's just exciting, right? Because I'm like, famously, we found it very hard to come by fullbacks. And I like that we found a fullback who isn't someone who's this like ridiculous big name and there's all this expectation on immediately. It's someone who can just kind of grow into that squad role. I don't mean that in a negative sense, but you know, like really blossom as a player within her own right at Chelsea without the pressure of it being like another big Chelsea signing. Um, So yeah, I think that's, it will be really interesting to see how, how she develops and, you know it is interesting to kind of compare what her and magda do differently on the pitch not to this isn't to say like that magda should be doing what paraset does as abdullah's touched on you what you often want your fullbacks to be doing slightly different things but uh, yeah i think it'll be interesting to see how how that kind of develops as the as the season goes on um but just to finish off as we talk about the end of the match we put out Lots of different options for our Dan of the match. You could pick Lauren James target, Lauren James rocket, or Lauren James assist. Uh, Lauren James assist is losing 5%. Lauren James target is winning. I guess maybe that's because we put it first and people were lazy. I selected the first one. So, um, But yeah, I would have gone with Lauren James as well. I thought she had a fantastic game. And really, I think she basically... Um, I'm sure other players would have stepped up if they needed to but she basically kind of won the entire game for us. Uh, Abdullah, are you going to be hipster and pick someone else?
2: No, no. This this week I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to go with the flow and I'm going to say Lauren James. It's just I don't think there's just a standout performance from Lauren James and I don't I think enough's been said, so yeah, amazing performance.
0: Mia does extend uh, defending Swedish honor extend to picking Magda Eriksson for this stand of the match award? Yes. all right we love to see it down at the match I I dare to say that
1: no
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that'd be the equivalent of me picking Jessie Fleming every week because she's called Jessie (laughs) 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 yeah I
2: mean sometimes I, I, sometimes I I just
1: had to go with the flow like yes
2: so, yeah. so in that case, Correct. do I pick Altu Abdelina because she's got the first three letters of my name and if she doesn't yes. even make the pitch. Yeah, yeah, she had a great
0: time on the bench. Great, so. great time <laughs> on the
2: bench yeah. for moments yeah. there. Oh, god!
0: Uh, all right, I think we're all agreed that Lauren James had a, had a fantastic game. So that's some nice harmony across the Chelsea camp. Uh, but just to round up the rest of the WSL, Arsenal had a jammy 3-1 win over West Ham, thanks to some standard refereeing help, as they tend to get. Uh, Tottenham beat Brighton 8-0, and Brighton promptly sacked... Well, not sacked. Hope Howell resigned in response. Um... So, also just so classic Brighton, can I just say, to like play really well against us and then capitulate to Tottenham of all people. Man United beat Everton 3-0 to continue their unbeaten start. Reading came back in injury time to beat Leicester 2-1. City managed to win 2-1 over Liverpool and we obviously won 3-1 over Villa. So that leaves us third in the table, level on points with Manchester United and Arsenal uh, having played a game more, but we do go to Manchester United next week. Hopefully going to get some little preview content out for you on that, just because I think this is going to be a really, really exciting game. United are obviously a team we've had good results over in the past, broadly, but I think this is a very different United team from maybe what we've seen. Um, Then it's the international break. Then we play Tottenham at Stamford Bridge before our double header with Real Madrid in the Champions League is sandwiched by a game away at Leicester. So that's all your Chelsea women's content coming up. Mia, you're off to do something fun. Uh, can you tell us what it is and just generally promote yourself and shout about all the cool things you do?
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to record uh, their pitch, my podcast, with uh, Caroline Graham Hansen. Um, now, I said it in the Scandinavian way as well. So yeah, everyone, I that. Knows. yeah, I love I'm really looking forward to this chat. I think it's going to be very interesting to speak some football and you know about how how it is to be a winger in Barcelona
0: sort of yeah very cool Caroline Graham Hansen definitely one of my favorite players even if she does play for Barcelona and if you haven't listened to their pitch there's lots of good Chelsea related content floating around in the interviews that Mia has done so definitely go and give that a listen Abdullah are you up to anything exciting this week
2: um no I'll probably just do some more writing here and there. You know, just 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 pushing through some more Chelsea content, so we'll see. But otherwise, other than that, no, what are you doing this week, Jesse?
0: Well, I am firstly me and Abdullah will put together some of the Man United preview content. So we'll have that in the week. And then I'm yes. going to Madrid to watch Real Madrid versus Barcelona in the Liga F at the end of the week. Casual. So yes, I won't be at the Man United game, but they thankfully scheduled it just right so I can start watching Chelsea as soon as Barcelona-Real and Madrid ends. Um, I'm really looking forward to that game. I think it's going to be very, very exciting. Um, but thank you, everyone, for listening to us today. As, as I said, we'll be back later in the week to talk about United and then obviously to, to review that game as well. But until then, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag alive.